Pirates are back in action tonight in Cincinnati. First game after the All-Star break. First chance for them to show that what they've done here of late, really the last two weeks since coming back from the West Coast, is not a fluke, might be real, might be enough to... Ah, I'm not going that far. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DKPittsburghSports.com, and I'm sitting in for Mark Madden again today. We spent almost all of the show yesterday on the Steelers' discipline issues, spurred on, of course, by James Harrison's remarks about Mike Tomlin as compared to Bill Belichick. Pretty much three hours of that. Not inclined to do that again. If you want to talk about it, go nuts. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. We'll talk baseball. We'll do that actually with Lance Lysowski out in Cincinnati with the Pirates at 4.30. We'll also talk some football at 5.30 with veteran beat writer Dale Lawley. Both of those gentlemen really knowing their stuff. But I did a little bit of a poll here on Twitter because, you know, everybody does a poll on Twitter now. It's pretty easy. And asked, presumably you, but, you know, in effect, the citizenry, what everybody wanted to have on today's show. Now, I do this always knowing what the answer is going to be. You know, this is like, you know, lawyers in courtrooms where you're, you're taught to only ask questions where you know what the answer is going to be. So I put down Steelers slash discipline. That got 27% of the vote. The Pirates are back, 22% of the vote. And hockey, just because, of course, is crushing it with 51%. So here's the deal. I know the result of this. I know it's not going to change. We're at almost 700 votes already. But you have to participate because, see, here's the thing. It's the end of freaking July, and there aren't a ton of hockey topics out there. Once the draft is over and once the free agency period hits, and the Penguins, of course, got their free agency stuff done in about, what, 72 hours less? Once that happens, there just isn't much, and I think that's been hard for the fan base to accept that Jim Rutherford has pretty much put his team together, and he did the day that he brought Jack Johnson into the facility in Cranberry. There really isn't that much more to say or do. And then, and then he goes out and adds another center. I'm betting that even Pittsburgh's real diehard hockey fans are, weren't familiar with Derek Grant until he signed the one-year $650,000 contract yesterday with the Penguins out of free agency. He's 28 years old. He is a natural center, and he had the best season of his life last year in Anaheim with 12 goals, 12 assists, over 66 games. The dude had never played more than 46 in a season. And he had never scored in the NHL until last season. So some of this came out of nowhere. So the first thing that you think about, I think, is Riley Sheehan. Is this another Sheehan-type player? He's bigger. 
you know, he can move okay. He's got penalty killing experience. Uh, he's easily more physical than Sheehan, so I shouldn't go too far with that comparison. But I mean more in the sense of you know the lightning in a bottle. It, it was Sheehan undervalued by Detroit when they gave up Scott when the Penguins gave up Scott Wilson to bring him along. I think so. I, I think there's a chance that Rutherford brought in Grant because he believes that he can make an impact, continuing impact, in the NHL. He's kind of at that Shane slash Carter Rowney age where you know what he is, especially once he's kind of broken in. But here's the question that I'm going to throw back to you because I'm not sure that I have an answer for it. This team's now got six centers. It's one thing to say, okay, well, they can move uh, you know, Shea into a wing like they did in the playoffs. They can even try Derek Broussard on the wing, even though he's never played it, because he's got that perimeter skill set. Uh, he's certainly got the speed and the skill, meaning you know, passing and finishing touch to play on either of the top two lines with Sid or Gino. But where does this guy fit in? And then what happened to Teddy Bluger? Remember around the time of development camp, I asked Jim Rutherford, who's your guy? Who's your next guy in Wilkes-Barre? You know, because we all talk about Sprong and, you know, obviously Zach Aston-Reese kind of broke through. Who's your next guy? Without hesitation, he answered Teddy Bluger. Well, Teddy Bluger is, guess what, a center. So his response at the time was, Bluger is ready to be a fourth-line center in the NHL right now. So now we're talking about seven centers. Seven centers. Jim has a history, including his time in Carolina, of piling up centers. He loves to have them. That's why even after he added Broussard, you'll recall before the deadline, earlier this year, he still went out and got Josh Joris. He wanted, he still had to have yet another guy. He had to have another option. Well, this is a little bit different. See, Bluger can go up and down, meaning without passing waivers. He can go to Wilkes-Barre. It's not a big deal. Grant is going to play in Pittsburgh, Derek Grant. And that's that's a little bit different. So if you have any thoughts on what the Penguins might do with all of these centers... If you have any thoughts at all related to hockey, support your local poll and call us at 412-333-9939. Marshall in Manaka, you're on 105.9 The X. How are you doing, sir? What's up, Marshall? Hey, um, you know, with them adding this no, another center to their depth chart, um, and Grant, uh, Colin, and Sheehan, they all have experience playing the left wing as well. Could the trade talks start heating up again about Broussard and Pacioretty? I have never heard Pacioretty. Where have you heard Pacioretty? Well, they were talking about that back whenever Pacioretty was. Yeah, I, don't, I see. I, I'm not. I'm hockey and rumors are are a really really tough mix uh, mm -hmm. because hockey fans just will go for. It. Anything that's out there, unlike any other sport. I mean, it's, right. it's, uh, I'm sure you've heard of the Eklunds and the, and the so forth over the years. It's amazing the way that they have caught on in that regard. 
uh, that almost anything sounds like it's a legitimate report. Now, that said, the Canadians obviously do have issues with Pacioretty, and he's probably not coming back. Uh, is there something logical there? Yeah, but I haven't heard or read anything that looked like an actual report. That said, that said, when you have this many centers and you have very, very little cap space, that's not an exact science. The Penguins are easily below a million dollars, though, in cap space. That's a dangerous place to be, and it doesn't account for anything going wrong during the season. I think you could see something where the Penguins would try to move some kind of payroll. So can you connect those dots and say, wow, why is Jim keep adding these centers? Or is he just going to keep asking Mike Sullivan to move centers to the wing? You know what I mean? Yeah, and then if they do go, if there is any substance to this rumor. But I haven't even heard, I haven't even heard, I I have literally not seen one report to substantiate that. Okay. I, I, I'm sorry. I don't mean to douse it. I just, I've, it's it's hard. I mean, if it just shows up on a message board or something, it's it's hard to really go with it. You know what I'm saying? If they pulled it off, they gain about half a million cap space. Yeah, which is really almost nothing. Almost nothing. Yeah. So and it, it, and remember contract. that Broussard. Don't forget that Broussard has officially listed a, a very high salary, but you know a big chunk of that's being picked up by the Vegas Golden Knights. I appreciate yeah. the call. Let's go to Kenny in Turtle Creek. You're on 105.9 The X, Ken. Hi, Dejon. How are you? All right, Ken. How's Turtle Creek, man? Drove right past there yesterday. <laughs> uh, still the same. Getting better. Trying to make it better. Classing it up. Yeah, you're doing that uh, yourself, right, Ken? You're just going around and fixing it up? I try, my friend. <laughs> I try. What's on your mind? Um, yes. Uh, <laughs> it's funny. We have an embarrassment of riches with these centers. I mean, look at what we're talking about. Yeah. We're, to, we're talking about Hall, Hall of Fame players. Yeah, I was just going to say, you could just end that conversation with the top two and say that you have an embarrassment of riches. But, I mean, beyond that, if, if Broussard is your third-line center, uh, or even if Shan, the way he played last year, and especially the way he played in the Philadelphia series, in the playoffs in the first round, yeah, <laughs> that's that's a lot. What do you Dejan? The 95-96 Red Wings, they have the record for most points ever in a season. I think the Penguins could possibly match that. I mean, where is their weakness? Um, where? I would say if the, the Penguins have a weakness, I would say that we're still talking about the left side. Uh, I don't mm-hmm. think it's formidable. Uh, I don't see any reason to believe that they will be a top 10 penalty-killing unit. If you want to go mm-hmm. further here, I say that in part because of some of the guys that they've lost, but also they're going to be pushing some guys, as Rutherford was telling me a couple of weeks ago, uh, into PK roles that where they haven't really been used that heavily. That means Broussard. That means Jamie Alexiak. I've never understood why Sullivan doesn't use him on PK. Uh, I, I think, and I also think that Matt Murray needs to become a better penalty killing goaltender. He needs to do more side to side action. You know, I got you. So, yeah. I, so you're asking a shortcoming. I'm not dumping on the Penguins here. I think they're going to be one of the top two or three teams in the Eastern Conference for sure. But they're not infallible. They're not perfect. I appreciate the call. Let's go to the dude in the bowling alley. Dude in the bowling alley. What do you got? <laughs> What's up, Dayon? Hey, uh, quick question. <laughs> so, with Vegas paying Derek Broussard or picking up some of his contract. 
does Vegas pay him per game? Uh you're asking if, if you're asking if Vegas makes an upfront payment in the exchange? Yeah. No, that's not how it works. That, that, that stuff gets arranged by the teams, but it's not like they just send the Penguins a truckload of cash. Uh, they pick up a literally a prolate, a, sorry, a prorated portion of his salary. Try saying that five times fast. Uh, it's uh, it's done that way so that, and I think this is what you're going to get to here, so that if the Penguins move Broussard, somebody else still isn't footing the full bill. Does that make sense? Yeah, but I'm just wondering how he gets his full paycheck then. You know what I mean? Like half of it comes from the Pens and, like, no, no, money goes to the team. He gets one paycheck. Oh, okay. You're so just that's... idly curious about this? Yeah, kind okay. of. All right. You brought it up. I did. <laughs> Guilty as charged. When we come back, we're going to take a call from Taylor in Columbus. And anything at all that you want to talk about, but let's give hockey a shot. Everyone says they want to talk hockey in July. We're going to give it a shot at 412-333-9939. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DKPittsburghSports.com. You're listening to 105.9 The X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Yeah, Mark, what do you say, buddy? Hi, buddy. Hey, Mr. Madden, how you doing? What, up? what if they wore assless chaps? Would that help at all? If they what? The X at 105.9. It's late July, and we're going to talk hockey. We're going to do this. We're going to pull this off, but I need your help. 412-333-9939. We're talking about the Penguins basically signing a seventh center, Eric Grant, from the Anaheim Ducks, yesterday to a one-year $650,000 contract. And what that means for Jim Rutherford moving forward. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DKPittsburghSports.com. Filling in for Mark Madden today, as with yesterday, but we are mixing it up a little bit, and we do need and solicit your phone calls, 412-333-9939, to talk some hockey. But first, a little bit of a detour here, because I did promise that if somebody called about something else, we'd take it. Let's go to Taylor in Columbus. You're on 105.90X. Hey, Dan, I'm a subscriber. Can I get a bell ring? <laughs> you just did, Taylor. Thank you on both counts. All right, sweet. Hey, about the Tomlin thing, um, I think this might be a case of, you know, right message but the wrong messenger because I feel like, you know, if someone like Paul Amalu or maybe Heath Miller had said uh, the same thing that uh, Harrison said, you know, it might be a little bit more valid, um, even though I think the message does have some truth to it. But uh, I would say that I think Tomlin gets a little bit more heat just because, like, he might not be the most likable coach out there. To some Steeler fans, what do you think? Myself. What do you think makes him unlikable to most Steelers fans, in your view? I mean, the way in press conferences, you know, he postures, and you know, someone will ask him, "Why did you do this?" or "What made you do this decision?" He's like, "Well, we, you know, it didn't work out, but we stand by our decision." Like, you know, if he had a little bit more humility in press conferences, I feel like, you know, okay, as long as we, as long as you don't think for a second that uh, that fans are sympathetic to. People like us, meaning reporters, you know, being uh, uh, talked down to, because yeah. that's definitely not the case. I'm not gonna, no one I'm cares not gonna, how we feel, believe me. I know. I, and, uh, <laughs> you've said that many times. I'm not going to uh, go down that rabbit hole, but I will say sometimes the media can be a little bit soft on them, but I think for the most part they do their job pretty well. Yeah, you hear that the, the media can be soft on, on Tomlin thing, because I think there are a lot of fans that have, and this is across sports, this isn't just Steelers fans, uh, have this perception that, it's reporter's job to go into a press conference and angrily wag fingers 
yeah. at the guy as opposed to going there to ask questions that relate to your articles. It's not to make him miserable or uncomfortable or squirm. It's to ask questions that relate to our coverage. And that's to be done. And this isn't at the Steelers' behest or any team or league's behest. This is done as terms in terms of journalistic professional conduct. You know what I'm saying? Yep. I mean, if I go in, if I go in there and I ask Tomlin what some people would interpret to be a hard question, and I've gotten those too. Whether someone will hear or recognize my voice at a press conference, and I'll see stuff on Twitter that'll say, "Way to go, DK! Way to ask the hard question! Way to ask the tough question!" And I'm thinking to myself, you know, I actually didn't set out to ask a hard or tough question. That just happened to be the topic that I'm writing about for my column. You see what I'm saying? That's usually how it goes. A little bit of a difference. I appreciate the call. That's good stuff. And thanks for subscribing, Taylor. That's nice. Derek on Route 40 wants to send us back to the Penguins, which you can do as well by calling 412-333-9939. What's on your mind, Derek? Hey, Dayon. Thanks for uh, taking my call, and thank you for all your work at DA DK on Pittsburgh Sports. I, myself, am a subscriber. Thank you, sir. Very much appreciated. Right. Uh, I was thinking maybe that's usually dangerous when I start thinking. Uh-oh. Uh, <laughs> um, all these centers, do you think maybe like the top four centers could be kicked out of the face-off and you have a center come off the wing and take the face-off? <laughs> well, you'd that, need, would, you need a lot of guys that, to get kicked out of the draw, but yeah, I see where you're going. <laughs> Um, do you think that would give him maybe a slight edge on the face-off circle to get help him with offensive possession? I, I would say that you have a valid point in terms of uh, driving possession. You probably have an even more valid point as it relates to penalty killing. Um, okay. Since you're a subscriber, you know that I pound the penalty killing point home way more than most. Uh, I believe that roster decisions, lineup decisions, are made much more in line with the PK than what most fans realize. That Everyone talks about who's on the third line or who's on the fourth line or what kind of chemistry can they get on the fourth line. And I can tell you that coaches, uh, Mike Sullivan, Jacques Martin, but coaches across hockey all the way down to the Seneca Valley JV don't really (laughs) focus on five-on-five lines, at least not past the top two. They're much more interested in stalking penalty killers. So when I looked at Eric Grant as he was signed, my first thought was, let's see how he is on PK. And he's got a lot of experience, not just in the NHL, but also in the American League where he was an all-star. So he's kind of carved his own way into the NHL. Again, much the same way Carter Rowney did. And I don't mean to stick him. Carter Rowney was not a good player for the Penguins last season. So I I don't mean to tag him in that regard. But I do think that you're going to see what you're applying here is going to go into the mix here, meaning centers are going to be a plenty. If you have guys who can come in and take that secondary draw, Sullivan's going to yeah. use that to his advantage. I, he was very uncomfortable. I can tell you this, and then and, and we have to take a break. Sullivan was very uncomfortable with how often he had to use Sid on defensive zone draws. Regardless of PK, obviously Sid doesn't kill. But he didn't like having Sid take 25, 26, even more face-offs in a game. Uh, he wants other guys to have that wear and tear and to be effective at it. Does that make sense? Yes, sir. Um, one more quick point. Maybe they would have two centers 
playing forward on a penalty kill. Well, again, why not? That that almost doesn't even really matter. That That's more a matter okay. of what side of the rink are you on to take the draw uh, because all the stick-on puck and positional stuff really doesn't matter whether you're a center or winger on the PK because you're just going into that rectangle formation. Really appreciate the call and the subscription. Thank you so much. When we come back, more of your calls on the Penguins. This segment of the Mark Madden Show is always sponsored by CW Electrical Services. Make the switch at CWElectricalServices.com. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DKPittsburghSports.com, filling in for Mark Madden here on 105.9 The X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Hey, Mark. Hey. How you doing, buddy? Let me check. Let me see what I'm wearing today. Yep, my shoes cost more than your house. The X at 105.9. We will pull this off. We will pull off Hockey Talk in late July. And the reason we will pull this off is that you're going to call at 412-333-9939. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DKPittsburghSports.com, filling in for Mark today as yesterday, but we're trying something a little bit different. We're going with pucks in late July. Because if there's any city where this can be pulled off in the United States, it's Pittsburgh. 412-333-9939. Let's get started with Cody out on the road. How are you, Cody? Uh, Good, Dan. How are you? Good, thanks. Thanks for hanging on, too. No problem. I was wondering if you found it odd that they ended up going with Grant being a left-handed center meaning that Sullivan's looking for a righty, and after the Duclair signing kind of fell through to Columbus. Did you find that odd at all? Well, I don't I don't think Duclair fell through. I don't think the Penguins had any interest in him. Uh, Duclair was there to be had. Anybody who really wanted him only had to pay just a hair above minimum. Uh, if the Penguins wanted him, he'd be playing for the Penguins right now. So I would say that uh, as far as the lefty-righty thing goes, yeah, I mean, go right up and down the list. Uh, it's nothing but lefties, you know, um, and that that's a that's a troubling thing for the Penguins, uh, especially if again we're talking about faceoff issues more than anything else here. That mm-hmm. said, you know Derek Grant's a fifty three percent faceoff guy in Anaheim. He's really good at it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't pile up a number like that if you're just good pulling it on your backhand. You've got to have a lot of different ways to win a draw. Um, you know, creatively, neutral zone, offensive zone, everything, but especially on the defensive side if you're a guy like Grant. So is it ideal? No. But you know what? Hockey's got a real lefty problem, you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, I, I've read somewhere, and feel free to jump in if, if, if you've seen something to this effect too, that it has something to do with the way Canadian children are raised. Have you heard that? I actually have heard that. I, and I, I can't remember if it, it's something related – to uh, there was a certain I don't know if somebody knows the answer to this why there's so many lefties in hockey feel free to call and jump in on this and help out me and Cody at 412-333-9939 appreciate the call Cody let's go to Beto in San Jose how are you hey Beto Scott here <laughs> thanks man appreciate it hey I want to talk about um Jack Johnson and Sidney Crosby's relationship. Sure. How much? How much you think that affected Jack Johnson's decision to come here? And you think it'll have an effect on how he plays? Yes, and yes. And what I'm about to say here is one of those things that you say on the radio that you got to be careful how you word it. Okay. So you you've asked a question here that you're going to maybe strike a little bit of an extra pot of gold that you might not have anticipated. I am of the feeling, and I 
happen to think, and I never speak for Mark when he's not. Actually, I never speak for Mark, period. But I am pretty sure that Mark feels the same way. Meaning Madden, of course. That Jack Johnson was basically engaged in the equivalent of an abusive relationship in Columbus. Okay? And I'm not even sure that's too strong a word. Okay? We're talking about a player who was really berated up, down, and sideways by that head coach. And then... On the day that he is introduced, and yeah, I understand that the Blue Jackets had some legitimate issues with what Rutherford said and with what Johnson said. They continued to act out on that, particularly Tortorella. They continued to act out on it. Where else in society do you see that? Like, girlfriend leaves, right? Boyfriend can't stop calling her. It's that kind of thing. He needed to get the living hell out of Columbus more than anything else. And this is where I'm coming back to answering your question. He has at least one person that he knows and trusts in Pittsburgh and knows and is trusted for a very, very long time. And I think that alone is going to help. I also happen to feel that Jack Johnson shouldn't have responded at all to what Tortorella said that night. But again, that's the hallmark of, a, of an abusive relationship. And as things go along, I think you're going to see the Penguins, including Sid, do a much better job of making sure that he's isolated from all of their crap. How's that for an answer? Awesome. awesome. <laughs> Boy, I mean, it doesn't take much to touch a nerve, but that that subject really does. Because John Tortorella's done this to players for years. There's a reason he hasn't won anything, even though he keeps getting jobs for 15 years since the you know since the early Tampa days. And there's also a reason why. And again, the regular host of this program has, uh, let's just say, he's got a really really good inside channel over there, meaning with the Blue Jackets. There's a lot of players that would love to get out of there, and there's a reason for it. Appreciate the call. Let's go to Matt out on I-79. Are you stuck in traffic, Matthew? We don't have Matt. Let's go to Mark on Route. No, let's go to Mark on Route 28. Do we have Mark? Yes. Okay, now I don't have to ask if you're stuck on traffic. I know. Yes. Okay. <laughs> What's on your mind? Well, you asked a question about why there's so many left-handed. Oh, you have an answer. Let's hear it. Um, in Canada, they teach you to grab the stick at the top with your dominant hand. And since majority of the population is right-handed, in terms of writing, of and uh... because if you take your uh, if you take a hand off the stick, it's going to be your bottom hand. If you're dealing with a stick one-handed, that is. Okay. Well, this this makes a lot of sense hand. here. This makes a lot of sense here. And our, and our producer Bob McLaughlin has come up with. Uh, some additional information here. I'm going to read. Where'd you get this, Bob? Is this Wiki? What is this? Wikipedia? PureHockey.com is his source for this. And I'm going to read it to you here. At the NHL level, there's nearly a two-to-one ratio of left-handers to right-handed shots. It's more a matter of hockey players learning to play the game with a shot that goes against their normal dominant side, like you just said, Mark. Uh, while American kids grow up watching LeBron James, Tom Brady, or Clayton Kershaw on the TV, Canadian youth are much more likely to be watching Sidney Crosby or another left-handed hockey player for Canada. That makes perfect sense, right? Yep. Appreciate the call. Thank you. Let's go to Sean in the car. What are your thoughts on the Penguins? We're going to keep this hockey thing going today. We are. Are you there, Sean? 
Yeah, I'm here. I, I actually was was calling uh, what the last guy just called about. Uh, yeah, well, uh, we that that ship just sailed. So what else is on your mind, hockey related? You can come up with something. Come on. Well, I'm interested uh, with the, the the recent signing of. Uh, uh, his name is escaping. Yeah, I know his name is escaping everybody. It's Derek Grant is his name, and he is he's either the sixth or seventh center on the depth chart, depending on your view of Teddy Bluger. And, and, and I know I've seen a lot of people wondering if this signing is going to is, is indicative of uh, perhaps uh, a trade. Rutherford shopping. Well, should it be? Star. I'll ask. I'll, I'll pose the question to you. Should it be? Should he be looking I, I to move somebody? I I, I don't. He could be looking to move somebody. I don't think you want to move Broussard. Why? And I know Mark Why? Talked, well, Mark had talked about this a few weeks ago, and, and Mark had kept saying of how, you know, do you really want to be paying him $5 million? But we have to remember that we're actually only paying him $3 million. That's correct. And I think for his um, pedigree and another year under the system, he is absolutely worth $3 million. Oh, absolutely. This. Plus, one thing that everyone has to remember here is that these center depth charts – just like all forward depth charts, have to take into consideration Sid and or Gino getting hurt. This is this is always the fatal thing in the equation, or potentially fatal thing in the equation for the Penguins. When they won their cups, they did one of them without Latang. They've never done one without Sid or Gino. They've both been there. I mean, not necessarily at 100%, but they've been there. Rutherford is always looking to plan for that. That's not to suggest that Broussard could step in and replace either one of those guys. You know what I mean? But he can yeah. he can be and has been in the NHL a number one and a number two center. And I, and I think that that center depth is important in the regular season, absolutely, so that you can you know keep winning games if Sid or Gino go down. But, I mean, let's be honest, with the way that other teams are getting stacked up, with the way that Tampa Bay is stacking up, Nashville, um, let's be honest, if Sid or Gino go down in the playoffs... If they go down for a long stretch, but what you're trying to do even in the playoffs, as we've seen in the past, remember when Matt Niskanen tried to murder Sid, basically, with a cross-check to the face, you're trying to make sure that you can survive a short stretch or a couple of games without them. That's the real value. I appreciate the call. Let's go to Mark on the road. You're on 105.9 The X. Hey, DK, thanks for taking my call. Hi, Mark. Thank you. Uh, subscriber to your uh, website. Appreciate that. We all do. A <laughs> uh, um, couple quick questions. and uh, um, I appreciate the fact that you're talking hockey because I'm really not in the mood to hear about the Steelers and the Pirates. <laughs> I've gotten some of that on Twitter when I asked, believe me. <laughs> um, a couple questions about the situation with having Grant added to the roster. I know you just were talking briefly with that other caller. Um, the depth now we have at center is obviously always a, a good thing. But do you think there's any moves coming forward, like evolving maybe a, a real backup goaltender? Because I just don't see Casey DeSmith as being. You know, I'm glad you asked that. There's, it's, it's not easy to get Jim Rutherford to not give a candid answer. Stay with me on the double negative there. Okay. Norm, no matter how often I'll ask him something and I'll have in the back of my head, oh, there's no way he's going to answer this. And then he'll still answer it. Okay. Because he, he's just unusual in that regard. Backup goaltender is the one thing that he's kind of hemming and hawing with me when we speak right now. Uh, he'll talk about uh, okay, Matt Murray is the number one. Duh. But then after that, he'll basically say that really nothing has changed with the goaltending hierarchy. He'll say that. Uh, 
Tristan Jerry's not going to come in and challenge, basically, for the backup spot, which I'm a little bit surprised and maybe is somewhat disappointed about. I mean, he's going to be hitting his head if he hasn't already on the ceiling in the AHL soon. Uh, it sounds to me like what they're going to do is have Casey DeSmith do what he's always done throughout his professional career. This guy, you have to, he was a backup in wheeling. All he's ever been is a backup at every level, which is a little bit of a crazy background. But they like the fact that DeSmith can come in off the bench and just be completely ice cold and spell Matt Murray when needed, right? Yeah. At the same time, they want Jari to be the 1A, if you will, meaning if Murray gets hurt, DeSmith doesn't become your number one. Jari does. He leapfrogs him on the depth chart. So nothing's going to change there. I really honestly believe that you're not going to see the Penguins go out and get what you're describing here, a, a national hockey league level backup. I, I really don't see it coming. I, I, I mean, I appreciate that candor and, you know, Jari, obviously I think he has a pedigree to be an NHL starter way over. He has the talent. Yeah, no question. He has the talent. I appreciate the call. We have to take a break. When we come back, we're going to go to Brandon in the car who wants to talk about Eric Carlson, Max Pacioretty, and all kinds of other NHL trade possibilities that are out there. 412-333-9939 is the number for you to call and join Hockey Talk in late July. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DKPittsburghSports.com. Filling in for Mark Madden, this is 105.9 The X. And now, the super genius, Mark Madden. Konnichiwa, bitches. Konnichiwa. Hi, Marco. I have a porn question for you. That right there, my friend, that's asking for trouble. The X at 1059. 412-333-9939 is the number to call if you are, like me, intending to prove that an entire three-hour talk show can be consumed, well, most of it, by hockey in late July. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DKPittsburghSports.com. There's no time in which I'm not happy talking about hockey. I'm going to assume that the same applies to my man Jim in Washington. You're on 105.9 The X. You're absolutely right. I Angel. thought I, so, I love Jim. This. I, I, I talk <laughs> hockey every day with my boss, every day. We, we drive all the ladies crazy. But anyway, I just Wait wanna, a second. Uh, that sounded like it meant something completely different. Well, I mean, it's uh, the ladies okay. we work with. They, they're not All right. like what you would call a hockey fan. I'm just but. picturing Steve Martin and Dan Aykroyd as the two <laughs> wild and crazy guys there. But go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'm just extremely happy that they brought Matt Cullen back. But I'm just wondering, mm. do you see him killing penalties this year? Because I thought he was a great penalty killer he, know, when he was in here before. He was an elite penalty killer. I wish to this day that Matt Cullen would get more credit for Game 6 in Nashville in which mm -hmm. he was the Penguins' unquestioned best player at any position. Yes, including Matt Murray, including Patrick Hornfist with the big goal and everything. Uh, the Predators had a 5-0 to zero power play advantage. Remember that? Yeah, I do. And Cullen was the one that was matched up most often on the P.K. Subban side and lined up with him so brilliantly that... Subban was just flat out discouraged from shooting, which isn't even in PK's DNA. Like, right. he still yeah. wants to blow it through you or at least hurt you. But in a game of that consequence, with the Predators so desperately needing to score and to stay alive, PK was discouraged 
to shoot because he knew he'd be wasting the shot. It wasn't like it was a regular season game or even any other playoff game. So all he would do is he'd send the puck over to Yossi or Ellis, whoever was at the opposite point, and of course the Penguins' other PK guys did just as well, Hagelin, Brian Rust, in discouraging those shots. That won the game. I say that again with all due respect to Patrick Hornquist. Uh, Matt Cullen won that game. Now, my answer to your question is no. I really hope they don't use Matt Cullen because I really don't want him breaking his ankles and his feet uh, at age 42. You know, yeah, I, I can see your point, but I just uh, I, I was of the same opinion as you that I thought he did a great job. Doing yeah, that. that that to me is why you go and you get a Derek Grant or why you you, you show somebody else uh, penalty killing. And you don't want anybody breaking their ankles and feet. Um, you know, I go back to, let's say, do you remember a, a guy named Dan Kessa who played under Kevin Constantine? He was basically just a, a human blocking machine. He had no other real thing that Constantine would use. He basically just rolled him out there to lie down in front of pucks. Well, the Penguins don't have that guy, which is good. But they also don't need to be putting their more skilled guys and never underestimate the level of skill that Matt Cullen brings to the equation. We're going to take a quick 30-second break. When we come back, we're going to go to right to Brandon in the car who's been hanging on. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DKPittsburghSports.com filling in for Mark Madden. You're listening to 105.9 The X.